Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast, your personal echo chamber of hating everything and liking nothing. I'm your host, John, and here with me today are Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. And joining us, the one and only Zach. Hello. Today we're going to talk about Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Extraction, but before we get to all that, if you want to follow us on social media or see other places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K, Tom Z, Chris K, and Alan K for the contributions. One of the perks to joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call side quests. Side quests are random nonsense that we talk about, usually food or drink or, you know, other crazy, stupid things that have happened in our lives that we just want to talk about. So feel free to join us for that. Again, for as little as $1 a month, you get access to that side quest ahead of every other thing that we do uh, every other week, basically. So... Yes. Uh, yeah. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGamers at gmail.com. We haven't received any emails in a really long fucking time, so send us something so we have something to look forward to. It would be sick. We have and, been getting emails, but they're these really weird spam emails about, like, insurance and CVS. I and don't penis know. enlargement? <laughs> That's not spam. Is that where my CVS receipts go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably. Your Amazon, Amazon, account, <laughs> your Amazon <laughs> account is about to be locked. <laughs> uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We are Twitch affiliates. You can subscribe to our Twitch account uh, using your free Amazon Prime subscription. No need to send Jeff Bezos into space any longer. Just give us that money instead. Uh, Alex, any bumpers for the network? Yes. The boys over at the Horror Movie Yearbook have been talking about the latest movie in the Scream series, most notably known as Five Cream. <laughs> uh, please check out their two and a half hour episode about the latest cream cream movie <laughs> cream <laughs> five cream scream scream movie. Uh, I like cream movie. <laughs> sounds like some kind of weird that's porn a, or a, like food yeah. fetish. I'm sure there was one of those in the family video uh, adult room. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's, a, it's a category. It's one of those flags <laughs> that sticks out to tell you which which place cream, to go. Cream, Mom, cream what's movies. a five cream? <laughs> There's also, uh, Tim has started his honor rolls back up. He's talking about Stoker Hills, The Wasteland, Sea for Me, Hotel Poseidon, and Amityville Uprising. Please check that out, and they'll have a tiny terror out this Friday as well. So Sweet. Lots lots Sounds to listen good. to from the boys at Horror Movie Yearbook. Does uh, Hotel yeah. Poseidon have anything to do with that Poseidon adventure ship sinking I movie? Could I could not tell you. Okay. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know it was a movie. Yeah, it's like a... No, I know the Poseidon Adventures is a movie. I oh. didn't know Hotel Poseidon was a movie. Yeah, it's, same. It sounds like uh, it's a... No, it's about an actual hotel called the Hotel... Not an actual hotel. It's about a hotel called the Hotel Poseidon. Okay. So, yeah. Listen Sweet. to the... Listen to the the honor roll to find out what Tim thought of it. Have uh, have you guys played anything other than what we're going to talk about? Because I have not. No. Mm, just more Halo. I, th- I I think that might be it. Yeah. No Maybe some Destiny. Nothing worth talking about. Yeah. What about you, Zach? It's a pretty broad question for me because I play. You play uh, everything. Too many video games, but yeah. Uh, I've been trying to finish up um, Inscription. Um, 
I've also just been playing my usual, just a ton of like roguelike, you know, indie games. Um, I've been getting back into Destiny. I know it's blasphemy, but <laughs> got to prepare, a, you know. There was um, what was the monster uh, roguelike that you were talking about with like maybe Dracula or Frankenstein or something? Oh, uh, I can't. Even, I already can't remember the name of it to be honest. Okay, I'm pretty sure it's on Game Pass though. I know That's that probably much. right. I can't remember the name of it though. I'm sorry. Most That's recently, okay. I was actually playing a game called Vampire Survivors. I know it sounds really cheesy, but uh, it kind of blew up on Twitch a tiny bit. It's like a, uh, it's basically like a auto battler bullet hell game. That's very Castleve- Castlevania themed. Uh, huh. Oh, yeah, I would I definitely did write about that too. Probably, I think they did. And I'm, I think I I'm, saw something about it. I don't understand the auto battler um, genre. Does that mean the game just plays for you and you watch it like TV? So in this game, all you do is move around. You don't like. Uh, press an ability or do anything like that all you do is pick your upgrades as you level up and then you just move your character around and they attack automatically based on what weapons you have yeah it's okay. all like it's it's like tower defense but like with a singular figure as opposed to like setting up like a towers along a path like your mm. character does its own thing well i guess loop hero is kind of like that then right y- yeah. yeah yeah but ultimately it is like it, it it's basically just like watching somebody play a game on Twitch minus the half-naked chick in the corner. <laughs> mm. <laughs> or the hot tub. Yeah, uh, in the hot it's tub. crazy how much these sprites look like Castlevania sprites. Like, it's it's basically uh, Symphony of the Night sprites and images and things like that, which is it's pretty yeah. funny. And even the way that the numbers pop up when enemies get hit, it's like it's like they took Symphony of the Night and were like, I'm going to delete everything about this game but keep all the images. And Very interesting. Yeah, very Castlevania-inspired, uh, Castlevania for sure. Was that uh, Is that on Game Pass or anything, or did you pick that up? It is $3. $3, okay. In early nice. access. I did see that it's also on Itch, so if you'd like all three of your dollars to go to the developer, you could buy it off of Itch. Itch.io. So. Uh, honestly, I highly suggest playing it. I really okay. do. For it, it, $3. Looks, it, it looks silly and it looks simple and like it, like why, right? But when you play it, it's super addicting. Interesting. All right. I'll have to give that a try. Vampire Survivors. Did you guys see uh, Aliens Fireteam Elites on Game Pass? Yeah, it's I been did. on there for a couple months, I think. Yeah, we should check that out. That looked fun. Yeah. I'd be down. Yeah. I would uh I would be down for that too. Yeah, it's like like Left for Dead with aliens kind of from what I understand. Mm-hmm. I heard that people were not super impressed with it, but like it seemed like one of those things where if it was on Game Pass, a lot of people would like it and I think it's seen uh, a lot of life since it hit Game Pass on PC. Yeah. From what I understand, so. it was kind of like a solid uh, 7 out of 10 kind of game, or 6 yeah. out of 10. Worth playing for free, for sure. Yeah. I'd be down to check that out. Chill. Yeah. Yeah, I'd cool. play with you guys. Definitely. But February is going to be a busy gaming month, yeah, we've, so we have a it might lot be of hard to fit to it in. I don't have any time ever. Yeah. 
I'm the worst host of this show. <laughs> <laughs> we we John and I play many fewer video games than we used to. That's for sure. But it's very sad. Maybe yeah. you should just have a podcast about being dads, stuff like that, or dads to be. I'm, hey, I mean, I who want who wants to listen to that? <laughs> Not me. You guys have fun. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll it could see. be a whole other niche thing that we do. Oh, you know, it maybe it takes off better than this does because there's dads that want to know what games to play. Dad what gamers games they wish they could play. Yeah. Um. The there there is there was a a host uh, a guest on DLC that was I forget. He, he's the gamer dads is like their thing, but I can't remember what it is, so I can't even give him a give him a shout out here. All right, anyway, it was swell. You guys have fun, Zach. What do you want to do with me instead? <laughs> <laughs> we can go play Crucible and use dad rifles. How about that? Yeah, okay. It's the same thing. <laughs> I mean, I could just talk about my poor motor skills gaming. It's kind of a dad thing. Is it? Like that I'm old. No. <laughs> That's the thing is I bring up dad rifles, but I'm serious. Like even even uh, I'm slowing down a little bit in my ability to play uh, competitive shooters and things of that nature. I really am. See, so in he, Destiny now I'm using needs more cocaine. Much easier weapons. <laughs> the the crutch weapons. The uh, Maybe not that bad, but the meta. Not All to be confused with Facebook. The mountains is actually snow and not <laughs> Exactly. Even the bears are slowing down because they realize it's snow. Yep. Anyways, um, yeah, let's talk about <laughs> Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Extraction. All right. Uh, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Extraction is a three-person PvE shooter that takes place in the Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six universe involving operators from Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, so far, at least. I don't know. Are they going to introduce different operators? Who knows? I feel like there's room for that. I, I would say... I put about... What? Go ahead. It's more like a Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six um, Siege alternate reality. It's not really the Siege universe the way it I is. I haven't been keeping up with the lore of literally either <laughs> game, so I don't know that it matters all that much. <laughs> but yeah. yeah I'm, I'm not too sure if there's a canon involved or not when it comes to Rainbow Six. <laughs> there's very silly cinematics that come out in both games, but I'll, I feel like anytime I see one, I'm like, what does this... Does this even really mean anything? And the answer is usually no. I have not watched a single one in either game, to be honest. Pretty much, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I watched like the first couple minutes because I can't find my space bar to skip it. But well, then, you know. <laughs> they really threw me for a loop this time because they put the uh, press space to skip notifi notification like in the left corner, the lower left corner. And that yeah. no other game has done that, as far as I can remember. It's always like lower right corner or center. You're like my ultra wide monitor's so wide and my eyes are so old. Yeah, that I can't even catch that. But anyway, <laughs> Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Extraction, uh, free, 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 included in Game Pass for those of you who have Game Pass on uh, PC and I assume Xbox, isn't it? 
Is that console game pass as well? I think so. Probably check I think that. so. Yeah. It is for uh, sure. Yeah. Cause we were okay. playing it is cross play. So yeah. Or, cross play as well, which is cool. And yeah, it's three players instead of the five from rainbow six siege. And, um, you know, I think in general, you're loading into the game. You have, uh, some tutorial missions that you can choose to do or not do and extract immediately like John and I did. And then um, you can jump into one of four locations. So I think there's uh, New York, San Francisco, Alaska, and the third one. What's the fourth one? I think it's Seattle. Okay. So there's four Mm -hmm. locations, and they each have, like, three different maps at those locations, and each map has three sections to it. And generally what you're doing is you're loading into one of these maps. The game randomly assigns you three different... uh, objectives and uh you can choose to complete one to three of those objectives or you can extract early if you think you're gonna die but this game has some like light permadeath and that if you lose somebody in a mission you have to come back and rescue them on your next mission if you want to get them back and play as them again and then also your health is persistent so if you come back from a mission with 50 health your character has 50 health until you gain more experience from a later mission to heal them back uh sometimes if you come back below 25 health i think then they're just put on disability leave or something i don't know i can't remember what it is they only get 75 percent of their pay and um yeah it also penalizes your experience temporarily for your milestone ranking up. If you lose somebody, back. right? Yeah. Because yeah. when when we last played, I lost Doc, but I went back the other night and, and recovered him by myself, and it brought me back up to where my milestone XP was. Yep. Plus what you would have made if you had survived that mission. Okay, yeah. So there's, I think there's a lot of systems in this game. It's easy to get bogged down into talking about all of those different systems but i guess i don't know like john in general what did you think of your time explaining of playing rainbow six extraction yeah i mean i i played it the least amount out of the four of us here and uh as a i i like i'm a big fan of when there's something that i like and then characters and lore and all of that gets pushed into something else in a way like i like crossover sort of like media um so it's really cool to like have a new game that has that has familiarity not only with like the characters and the lore but the gameplay itself the shooting again in this feels really good just like rainbow six does it literally feels just like Rainbow Six, it's like mm-hmm. playing the terrorist hunt, like training missions and everything, mm-hmm. but against like aliens. <laughs> Which, I mean, it, it's you're you're playing against PC opponents, you know, bots essentially, but it's it's still fun and it's interesting. And there's like bits of anxiety when like you get really low on health and you're getting surrounded by all these enemies coming in from nowhere or whatever. You're trying to extract and there's enemies popping up out of the area like to come in, come and get you, like. It uh, it it feels good. Like I feel like they did a really nice job with this, even though it's not like a huge departure necessarily. I mean, this kind of spawned out of a uh, out of the outbreak mode that came out from year was that year three, yeah, year three Operation Chimera, 
this kind of spawned from that. It was originally called uh, Quarantine, and then they shifted the name during the COVID-19 quarantine of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> to, yeah. Because it's not the greatest name for that particular moment in time. Um, because everybody was literally COVID in quarantine. Because if if the game were true just to its kidding. name, the operators would just all be sitting in in like the Rainbow Six like clubhouse for like <laughs> a, two three years, you know, waiting for their vaccine. You'd and, find uh, out which ones are <laughs> anti-maskers and anti-vaxxers, and yeah. it would be really messy. Smoke's not an anti-vaxxer, anti-masker, that's for sure. No, I just yeah, imagine yeah. like all of the ones who are wearing masks putting like an N95 over the top of that one, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, overall, I think this is really cool. I like the, um, the tiered system of, um, objectives is very cool where you have different sections of the area that you're in and each section has a different objective and they range, they scale in difficulty as you do them. I think that's really cool. Um, I, in general, the, the whole aspect of losing a character and then having to go back and get them is really cool and interesting and new. Um, as opposed to just like losing them outright, like that sort of permadeath idea, which I suppose like if you just never go get them, they're dead, you know, like I don't, I don't know, like, but, um, yeah, I think, I think it's really cool. I think it's especially again, considering it's on game pass and I can play it for whatever my 15 bucks a month I'm paying right now for this shit. Cause I never bought the codes to revamp my, uh, account. Um, it's worth it. You know, I got $15 out of it already as far as I'm concerned, you know, so I'd like to play more of it. It would be really cool if I could find time to do that. It's um, also only thirty nine ninety nine for those yeah. who don't have Game Pass. Which if you don't have nice. Game Pass, it's, it's very full. affordable. And you will and probably I, get a good amount of enjoyment out of it. And apparently I, there is endgame uh to it, you know. And it's I imagine be, I assume it'll be some sort of game as a service moving forward, like, you know, with battle passes and maybe they'll have different levels and areas. You know, they introduced new uh Hey, here's Detroit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we get to run around imagine, the Renaissance Center. Like, I imagine that they're going to... They're probably going to support it just as much as they did Rainbow Six. I would least, hope... I know, mean, hopefully thing. it does that well, that they actually feel like feel like they want to keep pushing it like that. You know, I hope it gets that good of a response. I feel like I haven't heard anybody else talking about it, which is kind of nuts. But, again, we're we're kind of falling into the month of February, which is like stacked with great games. So this is going to get overshadowed very quickly, which mm-hmm. is sad See, because it is fun and it looks pretty and it plays well. And again, we're all fans uh, at the podcast and most of our friends are all fans of rainbow six. There's no reason why like the rest of our friends wouldn't be into this game. I feel like, especially considering that a lot of them play, you know, back for blood and left for dead and, all these other like you know PVE horde mode style games like you know a lot of us are into those things like this game falls in that line as well uh, and is using modern graphics with great shooting mechanics and uh, really good uh, music and sound design and yeah it's it's just it's it's kind of a I, I'm I'm gonna call it, it's probably gonna end up being like a a little bit of a sleeper hit I think throughout the year so we'll we'll, I'll, we'll have to see how it pans out. If it lands anywhere in like the game awards as like best ongoing game or something like that, whatever category they decide, you know, the Dorito Pope decides to throw it in, we'll see. But um yeah, it's it's cool. Like I'm into it. And you guys, like I said, you've played more of it than I have. You probably have way more to say about it than I do. And I you know, with the two hours I put into it, like I feel like I've said a decent amount regarding it, you know, praising it. So 
What about you guys? What, like, let's talk, let's talk about you guys played. You you got really far, didn't you? You got like through at least four of the different areas as a group, or no? Uh, we we broke into Alaska, which is the third location that you can start going to. So, mm-hmm. yep. Zach, as our as our guest, what are your feelings on that? I mean, you were along, you were playing Siege before we were playing Siege, and so uh, what did, what have you thought about? I know that you said that you didn't feel as though you assumed that you weren't going to like this as much as you currently like it, I think is what you had said when we talked to you about it. Yeah. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. I had very, very uh, small expectations on how much I'd enjoy it because I don't know. It's just these kind of games, unfortunately, you know, they come out and you play them for like a week or so. And then that's it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like John was saying, you know, depending on where they continue to go with it and if it continues to get support from, from Ubisoft, then I actually think it could, could really become a really good, a huge game potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been pleasantly surprised by it. I've even been playing it by myself solo. Hmm. Um, you can play, you can choose to play like quick play with, you know, two random people or with like one friend and a random person or with a full squad. But you can also choose to play just like duo or solo. And when you choose that difficulty, um, it does scale everything down. And it's balanced really, really well, actually, for solo play, believe it or not. And it really lets you like tackle each uh, sector at your own pace and uh, complete your studies and the you know the studies are the most important thing to leveling up your your milestone and again all the systems you know there's so <laughs> many systems in it I don't want to get too into the the systems but um yeah I've been really pleasantly surprised by it and it does feel like siege I mean you know you have a bad day playing siege ranked you know getting stomped for like two three matches in a row you can hop on this and still get that that siege feel without without the stress of facing other players it's great yeah yeah i I think um it's kind of it's a very it feels like siege in the way it plays but it's also it feels like it rewards a much slower pace which is good for us because we were always super slow not you zach necessarily but the -hmm. rest of us we're pretty slow to hit the objective and in rainbow six siege and this game while there are time limits with each section in the level it's pretty generous at the at this. I think it's like fifteen. They give you fifteen minutes per segment in each level, or something like that. Yep, fifteen um, minutes. Yeah, so it's it's interesting, and the fact that it's more stealth based, like you know, you could try and stealth and siege, but if another person sees you, they see you. Whereas this game has a, seems like it has a little bit more forgiveness, at least on the lower difficulties. Um, with like when people will see you and you also have like a second to kill anything that notices you before it will alert everybody around, which is good. Um, but yeah, Brian, what about you? Um, I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected, honestly, like the longer it was in production, the less I thought, like, I really need this. Like when they first um announced it i was like hell yeah this is awesome i love the event that it's like somewhat based on like the seasonal event they did in siege i don't remember what year that was at this point but um uh 2018 it's quite a departure from that i must say in its final form but but yeah like 
as it like kind of lingered in development for a while, we got Back for Blood, that alien game that we haven't played, but we want to, and some other stuff. Um, but I was still like interested to try it. Would I have bought it right away if it wasn't on like Game Pass to try immediately? Uh, probably not. But um, I'm glad I did, and I want to play more of it. It, it turned out pretty good and it's it's definitely not the same as playing back for blood either where which is much more of a linear experience um i mean you have like you're working through a campaign level by level and there are randomized factors involved but it's still a campaign and in this it's like the way they have the sub like the sub sections in each mission is cool and it kind of mixes things up. Um, makes it feel a little more like a siege that way too. Just, uh, with the, the random objectives. But, um, yeah, like the feel of the game's great. Uh, like, like you guys are saying, it basically feels exactly like siege, but against AI, I'm a little disappointed in the AI, to be honest, and the aliens in general. I feel they could be more, like, fearsome. And I mean, there are some that are a pain to deal with, for sure. But for the most part, <laughs> they're not terribly aggressive. And they don't even really, like, move a lot until they know you're there. And I just kind of, I guess I wished there was a little more of, like, a constant patrolling going on and maybe like a there's not there's very rarely we did have moments where we're like oh shit there's stuff coming in from everywhere but i feel like that doesn't happen very much if you're playing a good stealth if you're being stealthy about it but i mean i guess that's the point I, i guess that's what makes this game different than playing like back for blood or something where you can't be stealthy pretty much you you have to go loud all the time you're making comparisons brian and if you don't mind me saying real quick i don't know if you guys ever had a chance to play uh gtfo hmm. no. no we no. talked no. about it for yeah, a half second but i think at the time it wasn't in a good place and so people like as i brought it up i was told to just wait mm-hmm. and i still yeah, haven't had a chance to pick it, it up was, but I, I would like to it was early access i think right I think so, yeah, at the time. It was, yeah, yeah, I mean, we're talking two years ago, probably, at this point. Okay. Yeah, yeah I know. I Admittedly, I haven't played the full release of GTFO either, but I did play the, the beta phase quite a bit, and that is actually what I would compare it to the most by far. It's very similar to that game. A lot more forgiving, though. A lot more forgiving. Well, and what I would say to Brian's point, like we were, we've also only been playing on like the first two of four difficulties as well. So I'm wondering if like it certainly might ramp up, uh, which Zach probably has some familiarity with, I would assume. I will but. say there's one type of enemy you guys haven't seen. Uh, did you, did you guys see the Tormentor? Yeah. Okay. Is that there's, the big guy? They're the um, ones that burrow underground. They turn oh. it. They turn into the the puddle on the ground the and like move around yeah. rapidly mm-hmm. and throw explosive projectiles at you and all kinds. They of They were stuff a pain like in that. the ass. Yes, it's interesting because the different enemies seem to have different weak points. Like there's some guys that stay low to the ground and they have like a weak point on their stomach. There's other dudes that have like flower faces and when they open up, they have that's their weak point. 
the really huge hulking dudes have like a weak point on their back so it's like if someone's getting chased by one as long as you get behind them you can probably take them out a little more quickly mm-hmm. so it seems like there's different ways to take things down a little bit faster and you just ha- kind of have to like figure out the right way to deal with stuff but that's the thing the other thing i was going to say to your point brian is that like i think things get really hairy if you let them get that way right yeah and so that's the way it's not like left for dead where the that game's like ai director will pick times to overwhelm you because that's what it wants to do this game certainly seems to allow you the opportunity to do things a little bit more flawlessly if you can but yeah, um, well it's like a patience you know. thing right so like if you take yeah. your time and you work your way through a level and you clear the floor basically mm-hmm. and you know like it may run down the clock a little bit faster in doing that but you clear out a lot of your obstacles that would present issues later on similar to like the one mission we were doing where we we kind of like rushed into it and forgot to take out the nests ahead of time and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, the, the nests were just dropping enemies left and right, and we were all just yep. we were like, "Holy shit!" Like we should have like we. I remember each of us being like, "Oh man, we should have taken out those nests." <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but we didn't. We we yeah. just kind of like we got excited, you know, and we just jumped into it and we're, and got into into the weeds. But it was still fun, and in those moments, I think like generate a level of fun and anxiety that you don't normally get. Like you you wouldn't feel that way in Rainbow Six Siege necessarily mm-hmm. like it, like the, the the adrenaline rush and siege comes from when the rest of your team got murdered for peaking and you're the 1v5 <laughs> trying to clutch you know what mm-hmm. i mean like that brings anxiety and adrenaline and fun and then this game is different like in not if you just rush into a room and then all of a sudden you get flanked from all sides by by enemies and you're just like oh shit and then you kind of freak out about it and and that that risk of losing a character uh, and having to go back after them or whatever is like a whole different level of adrenaline and fun. Um, it just, it does th- these, again, these different systems at play in this game create fun and and excitement in different ways that I, I dig. Like, I think it's really cool. Like, I think they just think they did a really great job with it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's still fun. It's a different kind of game. I mean, the only reason I compare them is because they're both like co-op PVE shooters and from the last, you know, six months or whatever but uh yeah i mean it is rewarding to be able to play the game with stealth and um and it makes sense it and honestly here in uh, says the the guy that's dropping fucking claymores all over the place (laughs) as soon as he had one fucking objective that had to do with killing things with explosives well well, that's the thing too is like i don't recall me doing that and like because that's the problem i have with the enemy ai is like i don't feel like that was making all the other ai be like what what the hell why is shit exploding and then they all come running like they should i feel and, no, and like you can exactly take out an enemy that's literally like right next to another enemy, and they somehow don't notice, and and they yeah, just like stand around reactive. a lot. I, yeah, I expect them to be a AI. little more reactive. But I right. do, I yeah, I don't want the stealth element to not be a part of the game. I feel like that, like in a, in some ways, this game feels more like a real Rainbow Six game than Siege does, because this is what you used to do. Like when you even like. Yeah, and the original yeah. Rainbow Six kind of have a plan, 
There's there's an actual map in this that you can bring up, so you can be like, yeah, mm -hmm. go here and here, whatever. It would be nice if you could actually point that out, like on the map, like Direct make a plan to waypoints or yeah. whatever. Ping, yeah. ping things on there. It you can ping like. At least you can ping while you're playing, though, and that's nice, like, in the world. Um, yeah. The other thing I was going to say is somebody who got stuck in a rut of playing, like, three, operate, three different operators in Rainbow Six, I think losing people slash them going on their disability leave or whatever that mechanic is that I can't remember forced me to pick people that I wouldn't normally pick. And so I kind of like that. I think it'd be interesting if something like that was in a Rainbow Six mode where it would have made me try other people out more often. I mean, it's similar um, to like the the pick and ban system, you know, like a character you, you know, you like to play Echo and Jackal and oftentimes they were ones that people banned from play. Uh, and then you, yeah. would, you would just be like, well, son of a bitch, like now I need to find somebody else to play. <laughs> Yeah, but in this game, because there's also this, like, health mechanic where, like, you may not get your character's full health back even after doing a full mission, um, there's even times where, like, my top two or three would be either unplayable or the health is low, and so I'm discouraged from picking them, and so it makes me go a little bit deeper into the roster than I would normally do. Um, but the thing that I think I might be the most disappointed in at this point is that I haven't really felt like every operator is super useful. Like I think yeah. there's some that are certainly more useful than others. Lion being able to use his drone to point out enemies is super helpful. Um, you know, and, but you know, when you get down to somebody like, um, I mean, everybody has their advantages, like even alibi throwing out her stuff and things aggroing that instead of your people is good but i just feel like i mean what's one character who has a, an ability that doesn't really work you know that's in i'm not game. saying that they don't work necessarily but they also have done this thing where each of the characters has a level too and so your character level unlocks better ability or further makes your ability more useful like with pulse Pulse's heartbeat sensor can start to detect things from further out or detect more of the types of enemies as you level up his ability to. So maybe it's just that things are starting out a little less useful. I'm trying to think of who I was thinking of that I was like, eh. See, and I, I kind of dig would, all of I was that actually going to... Go ahead. No, you... you I was you actually going to touch on the, the operator advancements a little bit, actually. Um, mm. Because you were just talking about, like, you like to play operators that you're familiar with from Siege. And, yeah. you know, I, I feel like most people would probably start off that way. And yeah. I agree that it's really nice to... The injured system actually does definitely inspire you to play other operators. But not mm -hmm. only that, the advancements for the operators also inspires you to play the ones you are familiar with. Because they... I wouldn't say every operator. and uh, And I would agree that some operators seem to kind of be stuck in a spot where I, I don't know where they would be useful. I'll agree. Mm -hmm. But some of the advancements uh, changed the operator quite a bit. Um, so like Nomad, I recently unlocked Nomad. She's one of the last three characters you unlock. Mm -hmm. And I usually play her in Siege. She's one of my main <laughs> operators in that. And she shoots these air jabs that whenever an enemy gets in proximity of it, it sends them flying, right? Like it mm -hmm. knocks them down. And uh, 
one of the advancements for her actually turns it into like an incendiary that evaporates anything that gets in range of it. That's like o- awesome. almost all of the enemies in the game, apparently. That's awesome. Interesting. And so it's like uh, little things like that I really appreciate where it's you're familiar with something from Siege, but you can kind of go above and beyond that with the advancement system in extraction. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's so kind of, I'm like, interested that's to that grind. See. Like I like the grind of that. You know, like I always liked you know, especially I'm trying to think of another game that's similar, I guess. Uh maybe like I am gonna go way back with this, but like with Shining Force and like Sweet Code and, and like those games, when you're <laughs> leveling all these characters and like you're mm-hmm. unlocking different abilities, or like you know, for instance in Shining Force you get to like level twenty and then you can promote, promote them, them to like their next like form and then they get like a whole different appearance and like different like strengths and weaknesses and things and in sweet coden you get to certain levels with characters and you unlock different spells and attacks and things that you can use to like pair up with other characters and i like those sorts of uh progression systems in in games with lots of characters because it gives you incentive to want to play every single character and level them up to like their maximum ability so they become like this total badass powerhouse and then, you know, like, I'm curious to see, like, how does how does all of that progression work with with like the battle pass system that's built into the game? Like, is is that going to be affected? Are they going to introduce more characters that you get to level up? Like, eventually, are all of the siege characters going to be like in the game? Or is that like not is there no point in doing that? Because some characters don't serve a purpose in this particular uh, multiverse, <laughs> the Rainbow Six multiverse. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking about it, and I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to see Castle in this game, but there are certainly some areas where, or some objectives where it does behoove you to lock everything down, so he could still be somewhat advantageous, but I feel like it, because you, but you, you get don't know randomized... You don't know yeah, the objectives exactly. until after you've actually picked your characters well, and go into the level, right? Like mm. You do know them before you pick your operators. Yeah. Do, okay. oh, right. I didn't really realize so, that. Whoops. So if you have, like, <laughs> let's say, you know, secure the areas and plant and defend the bombs an operator like Tachanka for example the lord he would be <laughs> significantly better in that scenario because you can actually set up his turret and hold off the objectives whereas if it's just like you know rescue the asset and you know plant the trackers stealthily on the nests then what what is Tachanka going to bring to the table really right. you know and i guess like the other, other question would be presence. like does the the weight class of in the speed of the characters affect like their stealth, you know, is that a factor? I haven't noticed, but like, you know, Tachanka is a, a three star speed. So he's a heavier dude probably makes more noise. Typically, uh, you know, in, in this, does he make more noise and is he detected more often than like Ela is or like any of the other lighter, like single star speed characters from rainbow like that? I, I, I don't know if that is a factor, but I would like to see that play into this. You know, I haven't noticed it yet because those heavier characters in siege make more noise when they move and you can, you notice them more as an opponent to them. You know, you can hear the jingling and jangling and and all the clicking clacking of like their feet and like the belt buckles and things all like, you know, their body makes a lot of noise. I don't know if that plays into this as much because, you know, like, like the AI isn't the greatest, like Brian said, like he's looking for them to be more reactive. Does that stuff start playing into it? You know, and, and I'm sure 
I'm sure they're still trying to figure out how to make all this stuff work. Like this again, this game was delayed how many times and changed how many times. Like it's it, it, just like every other game that gets released now. It's an unfinished product. Like until it's it's unfinished until it's finished. You know what I mean? Like who knows when that's going to be? This, but I mean, I would like to see this game evolve more into being like that, similar to how like Destiny, as it was being updated, even like going as far back as D one. Every major update had graphical updates, and the game started looking more pretty because they were refining it every time they did it. And like the engrams changed the way they looked on screen, and like different textures started looking better, and like different systems started playing differently and better. Like, I would like to see that evolution take place with this game too, hoping that it actually has the longevity that like Rainbow Six Siege has had. Um, I think would be awesome. Well, I was going to say back when you were first talking, John, like, Siege didn't move mountains when it first came out either. No, it it did not have a good response, like, yeah, at all. And so, but Ubisoft was doing this thing, and still is doing this thing, where they were sticking with these games, even if they weren't huge hits right away, to try and develop them into something that people wanted more. I mean, it happened most recent with, recently with Breakpoint, and maybe hasn't been as successful, but I have to imagine that, like, even if this game isn't making a huge splash right now, maybe it'll start to, you know, and there's a lot of stuff coming out in February, but I think this is the type of game where you might hear more people talking about it in, like, a year or two. Um, and I'm interested to see how long it's even going to stick around on Game Pass, because it's the type of thing where I wonder if they were like, hey, if we put it out now, we'll get people talking about it. Maybe more people want to check it out, and then at some point they'll take it off a of Game Pass and be like, "Sorry, you got to pay forty dollars if you want to keep playing Rainbow Six Extraction." You know <sighs> that could be something that they end up doing too. Or sorry, so. you have to pay fifteen dollars a month to get the Ubisoft version of Game Ubisoft, Pass, uh, whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah Ubisoft. You you play plus. You don't play even know what it's yeah, called. It's you play plus. I think. Okay. Which they're but, bringing yeah. to consoles, I believe we talked about last time, right? They're bringing it to Xbox, okay. uh, but I don't know if it's hitting PlayStation yet. They just call it so. Ubisoft Plus now. Okay. Yeah, because they changed from Uplay to Ubisoft Connect and blah, 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 blah. But anyway. Right. The other thing, Zach, that we haven't gotten to, you uh, sent us some pictures. There are some endgame-related activities that open up with some of the later milestones. Uh, it looks like there's something called Wall to Wall. Which is like a, uh, is it like a daily event, do you know, or is it weekly? Um, so that's like a, as far as I can tell, right? It's a uh, yeah. a weekly event that's going to change to something else uh, Okay. each week, basically. It's a, you know, it's like a challenge run type thing. It, it's probably, it seems at for, least forces like you this, to play certain ways or something, you know? This one that's available right now, it looks like it's more of a, a horde mode. Yeah. Where there's also like security stations to unlock doors to let you progress through. Yeah, the, the three I think so. areas in the level. Yeah, so that's interesting. There was um, something I ran into in the game already, where an arcane assault takes place, and okay. uh, for a brief period of time, enemies just nonstop are coming after you. So constant waves. Okay, I, I would say this and is then, almost certainly the same thing. That makes sense. Um, and then there is a ranked mode. Where it looks like you have to play through nine subzones, so you're playing through basically three full maps, and they have a specific set of operators that you play through, and then there's different, um, they call them uh, parasite mutations, are like the modifiers that they throw on some of the objectives, 
and um, or at the higher difficulties. Some of those oh. are crazy, by the way. There was one yeah. I ran into when I was playing on severe difficulty, which is the second highest one. Um, I have not played the hardest difficulty yet, but the it was uh, all the sprawl on the ground mm-hmm. is acid and does damage to Whoa. you. That's which cool. Crazy. The and floor one of the objectives, is lava. Yeah, and one of the objectives was to plant the plant the bomb on the uh I don't know, it's like the weird pylon looking thing and defend it. And uh when you activate that mission, like it starts spreading the the sprawl on the ground all over the place. And it synergized really well with the challenge of it being acid. So you, it forced you to like constantly be paying attention to the fact that the sprawl's coming from underneath the objective and you've got the arcanes coming from all over the map. Hmm. It was, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. Actually it changes the way That's you have to crazy. play. Yeah. There, there was one that while we were playing on uh, cautious, which I think is the second difficulty, um, the, uh, all, uh, all of the, en- or a certain type of enemy all had the green spores on them. So when they'd get to you, they could transfer the spores to you. And then those also could, go off and make you blind for a certain amount of time, which was annoying. Um, Those things are very annoying, but also it's like a cool mechanic where you're like, Hey friend, come smack me and get these orbs off of me. Yeah. Somebody come and melee me or shoot at these spores on my body or whatever. That was, that was shoot at my balls. We did find a solution to that. Actually. Uh, Stun grenades. If you throw, you can literally take a stun grenade, throw it at your feet and it gets rid of all of them. Ah, but it also blinds you, right? Eh. Depends they on which way you're looking, I guess. I think they need to make self-stunning a little more punishing, actually. It's, <laughs> it should. You kind of just throw stun grenades everywhere, and it doesn't really mess with your teammates or even you that much, to be honest with you. Yeah. Do you know, um, with the limited roster for the Maelstrom Protocol, does it rotate the roster like each week or whatever? Yeah. I think that's what they say. Yeah. Yeah, that's there cool. is a time limit. Uh, for Maelstrom Protocol currently, and I'm assuming that when it rotates, which is actually tomorrow morning, um, there will be new operators and uh, probably a different new stage, too. I think this, right now, it's New York only. And hmm. I think when it yep. says nine subsectors, um, you know, each map, like New York, San Francisco, it's it's three, there's three sectors you can do, right? And each one has three subsectors. Yep. I think it's all nine. So it's the entire yeah. New York City map all in one. You know what I mean? That's I, crazy. That's that's how it so, seems to yeah. work. Because they could just connect all of them together if they wanted to. Like, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And I have noticed in, in the maps, if you know, there are doors that you never really go in. Like uh, the, the, what do you call them? The safe the, areas, I guess. The right? airlock doors. Yeah. Yeah. There are areas you never even go. And I think that's reserved for progressing from one of the major subsectors to the next. Interesting. Those are not uh, monster closets. <laughs> no, the monster closets are all the nests that are lying around, mm. of course. I'm just looking at Twitch right now, and this game has 2.6 thousand viewers, and the Just Chatting channel has 472,000 viewers. And Apex has 122,000 viewers. And I'm thinking, like, just the way the way I've seen, like, some of these games as, as a service, like, progress on Twitch as, like, a viewable, like, something people are actually into. 
Like we're we're like very much in the infancy of that, so we should start streaming this more often. I think. Yeah, I'd be down. I don't know. It sounds I'm like we should more... just be chatting and sitting in hot tubs. You, well, well, we've tried the just none of us are half naked women never... either. So yeah, you know yeah. the incels have nothing to look at. True, but um, yeah, I just. I want to play the the more we talk about this game and the more I like brainstorm these other ideas as if I work for Ubisoft and I don't like the more I want to play it like I, I yeah like we should finish this podcast and play it for an hour honestly what this sure. talking about this is making me want to reinstall XCOM 2 as well because <laughs> it does have some similarities to that in structure like um the whole like how your roster can people from your roster can get injured and they have to sit out for missions and the fact that every operator levels on its own and unlocks new abilities and stuff that's all like XCOM stuff um mm-hmm. and i like that they borrowed that stuff i feel like they could borrow other elements from XCOM that would also work in this game's favor in a way like, like standing like point blank with an enemy and you fire your gun and it misses i would kind of um i mean like no i don't I like mean, that i missed i missed i missed zach with doc's healing gun like four times last <laughs> we were playing. oh yeah so you know, oddly enough, just... when you're shooting at the blinding spores too the ones that stick to you I, yes. sometimes you're sh- you are shooting them like you those you fucking hitboxes are shit yeah there's the yep. yeah I they got they got the stuff. ash head hitbox on them Oh yeah, pretty much. Yeah, there's, pretty there's, much. there's your XCOM right there, Brian. Those it was those, the only those time floor, that those I've little used... floor like things that like launch up at you, like those little pools of jelly mm-hmm. that, that do that. Yeah. That's, they they got a hitbox that's the size of a fucking dime. Oh, the was, sludge. Uh, when I was yeah yeah, yeah. Sludge, yeah. Is what it's called. That's fine though because was... the accuracy, like okay, props to this like game engine, like or what is it? What does Rainbow Six use in real? Probably. I think, mm. or a variation of it. All I got to say is there's no other it. shooter that I play where I can aim perfectly on something. Anvil. Like, spin around and aim on it on, on a dime, no problem. There's no other shooters. Like, the the mouse is just so reactive in, the, in Siege and in this game. Like, it always feels a little off with when you go play, like, Halo Infinite or something. Or destiny like there's something a little bit off like those games feel good but the mouse doesn't stop exactly when you want it to where you want it to they have bad mouse feel yeah bad mouse feel like (laughs) (laughs) uh rainbow six uses the anvil next 2.0 engine okay which is ubisoft's proprietary Ah. yes uh i was gonna say when i I was playing solo to recover my dock and and (laughs) shoot those fucking spores it was the only time i've used this button on my mouse that like puts you up to 30 million dpi (laughs) like it jesus man i have mine reversed it actually like (sighs) lowers the dpi oh i think i left mine too low anyway because i feel like it completely i don't know my sensitivity needs to be worked on i've I've always hated those buttons the, the precision button or whatever it's supposed to lower i think you're supposed to set it to lower your dpi so that when you're zoomed in with like a sniper yeah. rifle you can get a more accurate but move, like 
That's what I, that's what However, I meant. Because I was I needed to f- sh- shoot the one pixel that you can hit to kill those fucking spores. Rainbow Six, so like, like most good shooters should, allows you to set your per zoom level sensitivity. Yeah, yeah. Also, we're not like those MLG pro. Well, at least the three of us aren't. Zach, I don't know if you do this, but like, you know how they have like a full like school desk next to them with a mouse pad so that they can like game like this to get like their you know the, they're not even like moving around the screen at all. You know they something turn crazy? Their keyboard sideways and you guys want to yeah. know something crazy? Yeah. I actually play on a keyboard tray. What? I'm well, serious. Great. Underneath like, my desk, like one of those like old school pull out. No, those old school oh. pull out. I, yeah, I so play you, on that. Dude, yeah, I like wish I still had one of those. I'm serious. <laughs> I have like no room for my mouse at all. So your DPI is always at the max. So you only have to move it like a hair, a, like just just a hair length. To, I like, mean, Zach's just yes. like flexing his wrist muscles to like get Twitch headshots. <laughs> it, you're gonna have the 12, worst 1200 carpal tunnel. Twelve hundred. Twelve hundred is what I play. Yeah. I've been all over the place, but I've settled on sixteen hundred, and I, that's where I'm going to stay. I think till I die. I don't See, even Brian's know what got mine's faster. Right Brian's got faster in this sensitivity than me. Watch yeah, mine. Well, mine's probably through the roof, and that's why I fucking suck at playing everything. I, I don't like to move my <laughs> hand too much. I know. Yeah, the MLG pros—they're like all over the fucking place. Most of them, not all of them. There are exceptions, yeah. but. My, if I did that, my shoulder would be so fucked. Like, I'm sorry that, like, I have shoulder problems if I move my arm around like this constantly. Yeah, no Dutch rudders for me. What, what is, what is your your average, your, your average, like, DPI speed? 1600. You play at 1600. But I have the sensitivity set pretty Uh, low. Yeah, okay. I'm. This is embarrassing. I've been playing at 3200 for the longest. Yeah, I tried that for a while. It's not a good idea. <laughs> I don't even know. But, what I just, but that's the that. thing is because I, I use this computer for doing graphic design stuff too, and I really like being able to move across the entire canvas with small motions. So I have yeah. the mouse speed like really high. My my DPI speeds are uh, on the on the presets are twelve hundred, twenty four hundred, thirty two hundred, and sixty four hundred. So well, I, was, I, I average 3,200 in everything I play now that I realized that now that I've actually looked at it. I so. was using an odd That's one. That's actually crazy. I was at like 1,800 or 2,000 or something, but I had to switch when I bought one of the many mice I've tried over the last couple of years because it, it doesn't use software and it only has specific DPIs like programmed into it, um, which is cool. <laughs> you know what? But I, you know it made it really me have explains? to change the whole way I play. <laughs> this really explains anytime you guys have ever watched me like clutch around and every time I turn the <laughs> corner and, and somebody's shooting at me and I fire at them and the camera just fucking glitches out. Is be- <laughs> That's why. Because the mouse speed is so high and I didn't realize well, now we've, I feel like if you barely bumped John... your desk, you'd do like three 360s or something. John's like fucking Goku training in the parabolic chamber or whatever. He's going to get down to 1200 DPI. He's just going to fucking, he's going to be on the next Rainbow Six uh, esports team. Fuck yeah. Who, what team would I be on? They put me on Penta? I don't know. I don't know, man. What team does Pingu play on? I want to play with that dude. He rules. I don't know. Anyways. But anyway. This game's I cool. Like, Check uh, it out, everybody. We like it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't dismiss and it. That's. Yeah. The other thing is like the 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 light permadeath that I'm talking about. It's not that deep. 
Don't worry about it. This isn't See, fire emblem. Fire emblem. Yeah, you only have to pay ten ninety nine. Like when you permanently lose a character, you just got to pay ten ninety nine in <laughs> Ubi credits to buy him back, and then you're good. But it that's not comes true, with a cool but, skin. <laughs> yeah. So and yeah, if if you have access to Game Pass on something, plop down Game Pass and give it a try. Like it's it's certainly worth the dollar to fifteen dollars you would spend on that. Absolutely. So. The lore reasoning they have for people uh, going down actually is quite good if you think about it. They have that like s- automatic system that like covers them in this protective stuff. The Cheeto, the Cheeto, oh, yeah, Cheeto puffs, John, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it makes sense for them not um, to die, you know. The other thing we did play a bunch of this. We played a lot of this on stream. People can go watch it uh, on Twitch right now, and it'll be on the YouTube eventually when I make those unprivate because that's how I transfer things over for some reason. Um, but, uh, as I was watching through some of it, I just kept noticing how much I impulsively reload. Oh yeah. And it just, you, you should never play escape from Tarkov. I should tell you that. <laughs> I'm sure I would. Cause die. that actually throws your ammo away. Yes. If you haven't like, well, yeah. there's like, no, there's yeah. actually two God, ways to reload game that did that, but I can't remember what game did that, but yeah, I was throwing away. I was throwing, I started throwing away. I can't remember what we were playing. <laughs> There was something that I was playing with somebody. I don't know if it was when we were playing um, Wolfenstein Youngblood or what it was, <laughs> but there was a game that did that, and I was just Man. throwing away my my ammo. Oh, it was it was Due Process when we were playing Due Process for a little bit last year or two years ago, whenever that was. Yeah, that that's bad. That's a bad habit. That I'm yeah, in. Due Process was like that. I wonder where that game is nowadays. That they had some potential. Bad yeah, mouse feel in that game, though. That. Yeah, the mouse feel was not great in Dupont. Yeah. So that's our next t-shirt. It's just going to say bad mouse feel. Well, I hope I, I hope you can come up with a really good graphic for that. Yeah, I'll figure something out. There's uh, Due Process has... Oh, I don't know. where Due Process has a league? I guess. I guess. I don't know. I, would not, I wouldn't be surprised. There's one uh, viewer on some... Twitch watching Due Process right now. That's how popular <laughs> one. the game is. Makes sense. Uh, it's an indie, and I haven't heard about it in a while. Yeah. Yeah, I never played that. Um, I think you'd, you'd be interested yeah. in it, Zach. I don't know if you'd stick with it, though. It's it's kind of a it's a different beast. <laughs> it was one of those things where I think we played Due Process for like an hour, and then we were like, let's go play Rainbow Six. And then when we played Rainbow Six, we like destroyed for like three rounds because <laughs> it was... Like due process was like, it's it's it was rough. Yeah, but uh, we do have some big news to talk about. Hmm. We do. Before we get to that big news, uh, the Steam Deck will be launching on February twenty fifth. So to those who pre ordered, they're going to start sending out invites to purchase uh, the Steam Deck. You actually got an email saying something too, right? Like you're in the first batch or something, right? Or no? Did I make that up? Uh, I don't. I didn't get an email. If you if you did pre-order or like, uh, I don't remember what they're calling it, but basically like reservation. If you put in a reservation, you can open up Steam and go to the Steam Deck page, and it'll tell you your projected shipping time or your your when you will be available to buy one time frame. And mine is Q1 2022, so I should by the end of March be able to purchase one if I choose to do so. But, um, I mean, yeah, so February 25th, they're going to send out those emails. Once you get the email, you have 
72 hours to complete your purchase. Uh, and then, um, you know, they'll move it on to the next person if you don't decide to buy it. I assume the, the word got out about Texas and they decided to just move you up to the beginning of the queue. Texas? Te- te- Texas. Oh, oh. Sorry. I was like, Texas. Not, te- not the what, state. What do I te- have to do Texas. with the state of Texas? Sus. Mine says, yeah, mine maybe, says Q2. Maybe my, maybe my good uh, karma is coming back to me. It didn't work with the analog, because I did pre-order an analog, but I'm going to get it in like 2035, I think, My expected point. order is quarter two. Okay. But I did, yeah. I did go for the big one. I also went for the big one. I want I want the exclusive just, carrying case. That's literally the only I was, reason I got. It. I mean, it, I, I think fast. the extra storage yeah. is nice, and the extra coating they put the anti glare on the screen. Yeah, and the exclusive virtual keyboard theme. Looking forward to oh, that. Well, as yeah, long of as course. as long as you buy the middle one, you can swap in whatever NVMe SSD. I also I can't like wait to get it, and then they announce the next one, like right it's after two. With yeah, I'm gonna yeah. wait, and then I'll get the VR. next generation if I ever have money ever again. I'm sorry, it's Valve. There won't be a second one of any hardware from Valve. No, there won't be a third one. There won't be a the second one. Don't get to three. There will be a second one with multiple episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and then the third one will um, be anticipated for years to come. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but no, the big news that hit uh, about 24 hours after we released our previous episode uh, was that Microsoft is going to acquire Activision Blizzard for a record $68.7 billion. Fuck me. Which will round up to 69. Um, And for those who remember, we talked about um, Take-Two bought Zynga for $12 billion. A couple weeks ago, that was the biggest acquisition in gaming history to that point. And then, like a week later, Microsoft was like, "Fuck you guys." Microsoft was like, "Hold my gamer fuel." Yeah, here's sixty nine billion dollars. What a gamer! So, what a gamer's um, drink is it, it was a uh, hold my bang, <laughs> hold my hold my balls, <laughs> hold my balls. <laughs> Gamers don't drink balls anymore. That's true. Which is sad because um, it's so good. Anyways, yeah. So Microsoft and Activision Blizzard. Uh, there's this is a lot. It's a lot. There's a lot of stuff wrapped up in this news. Bobby Kotick is staying at least through the transition, um, which some people are happy with, and some people are not. Nobody's happy with it, actually. Probably he is. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's gonna get. Because either way, like he's gonna walk out. He's, he's gonna, gonna walk away with an obscene amount of money. Yeah, he gets like three hundred million dollars for for walking away after an acquisition like this. So that's gonna be crazy. And then he's um, gonna build a rocket, try to fly to space. It's it's also gonna be shaped like a giant space penis, and uh, it's gonna explode. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that I'm I'm okay with that. Um, he, uh, supposedly he will leave after the transition, but that's not confirmed. It's just rumor at this point. Um, Activision, uh, there is, uh, a section of Raven software who's been doing some of the programming and maps and stuff and support for Call of Duty Warzone. Um, 
Their QA team has voted to unionize, but Activision Blizzard refused to uh, recognize it, so they're going to the labor board to try and force them to recognize it. Um, so that's interesting as well. Um, I'm trying to think of what other big news. Call of Duty on PlayStation. Um, of course, Phil Spencer has been out there tweeting things like, we are going to agree to hold to our commitments that we have made blah 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 but the rumor is that there will be three more call of duties on playstation platforms at least if not more but that's what's contractually required i think due to a co-marketing agreement with sony at this point um because there is exclusive stuff coming out for call of duty games on playstation first right now so there's some sort of contractual agreement there they've been doing that for a while after that Yeah, I think that kind of started with um, PS4, mm-hmm. and yeah. I think continued on through some PS5 stuff as well, obviously. so Exclusive maps Microsoft and stuff. gave it up. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, other than that, like, Activision Blizzard, for those who don't know, like, that's your Overwatch, your uh, your World of, War- World of Warcraft. Diablo. Your Diablos, that's all the Blizzard side of thing. Activision's got the Call of Duty, uh, Crash Bandicoot as of late. Um, but there's even more, there's like several like big or like huge nerd credit properties in both of those vaults that I think people would uh would love to see Microsoft be able to play with and, and make new uh make new games with. So um, and this is just going to make Game Pass an even better deal moving forward. It's very true. It's also probably going to cause them to require a higher price for Game Pass after they get more subscribers on yeah. there with this deal. Because it's not going to stay at $15 a month. It's going to go well, up. Maybe they just like, end up uh, scoring more subscribers in general and don't have to raise the price because more people are using the service. I don't. I don't know. Like... I I think it's one of those things where as they as they watch their average subscriber length grow, they'll know how many people they're not going to kick off by hiking the price for two bucks, and that's when they'll be like, "We're not going to say no to like fifty million more dollars if we raise every single s- subscription up by two dollars." You know, what, what's the breaking cards point? And whatever, like, what is what is like the the top top side of the price that you would pay for Game Pass in general? I'm at the point right now where if I have to pay more than like, cause it's, if you, if you straight up pay their asked price, you're paying like $15 a month for game pass ultimate. Right. So that's $180 a year. So they've gone from, it used to be 120 when it was $10 for 12 months. Uh, I'm at the point now where if I have to pay any more than, $120 per year of Game Pass, I'm not going to do it. And you can still accomplish that with cards. But, like, at $120 a year, if they put out two video games that I care about, I'm okay. Right. But if they go beyond that, like, I think... I, and I've been subscribed to Game Pass for, like, probably two years now at this point. I think I've played two video games, so that's, you know, that is what it is. <laughs> that's my fault. But there's always that promise of like Xbox exclusives, you know. Um, I agree. Ten dollars. I usually check them out, but yeah, like 
the ten dollars a month thing I think is is about right for me. So if they start getting up to like twenty dollars a month and these cards don't go on sale, that type of thing, it'd be one of those things where I'm like, I don't think I can make this work anymore. Yeah, it might fall into that territory of like, I'm gonna have Game Pass this month because mm-hmm. you know I'm shipping my future daughter off to boarding school for a month and <laughs> i know i'm gonna have time to play video games so i'll spend this 15 dollars. like that might be what it comes down to but i don't currently do that with any of my other streaming services so who knows if i would start doing it with this one right so. but no it that was a that was a huge story and still is a huge story it's supposedly going to take them uh potentially into the middle of next year to close the deal um and yeah yeah because they gotta like run that through like the sec and shit don't they like yeah it's certainly gonna get looked at by um by the government and you know there's been some rumors that the biden administration will be more scrutinizing of these types of things than say the previous administration was but it seems kind of unlikely um that it's gonna get like denied or anything i know there's a lot of people out there that are Sounding the warning bells about this consolidation that's happening because, you know, the more this is like all the people that complained when Disney bought Fox, it's the same thing here because it's just everything getting put under one big banner. Right. Um, But, you know, it's modern capitalism is how it goes. People buy things. Other people buy bigger things. The people who buy things buy things from the people who bought the bigger thing, you know how the world goes around i never saw this coming no it blew my mind like this news arrived on like a tuesday morning i think yeah and when i saw that tweet i was like what yeah i kind of was like man did i just fall asleep and wake up on april 1st like what the hell's going on here (laughs) Yeah. yeah really like i know people people were out there saying that microsoft is still in like acquisition mode i know a lot of people were theorizing that microsoft was going to go after like a capcom or a sega but i think the monster hunter and resident evil popularity has really ballooned capcom a bit but not 70 billion dollars kind of so like i mean they could have done that sort of thing it could still happen with all that is included with the deal i feel like it's a good deal i mean Knowing what very little I know about business, I feel like it's a good deal. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It gives them a lot of IP to play yeah. with, but they get, they got that with Bethesda, too, last year, and that was, like, what, $7 billion well, or something like that? I can't. Yeah. I mean, is there like, such thing as having too many of these companies, though? I don't think so, especially with the Game Pass thing. I mean, yeah, that's true, but, like, I don't know. It's it's very interesting. And the thing, like, you know, with all of the news that was coming out with Activision Blizzard in terms of, like, um, the lawsuits that were coming out and the harassment and everything like that, like, it's going to be Microsoft's problem to fix yeah, now. but that probably means that they got this deal for 60-whatever billion instead of 100 billion. Yes, or 80. I mean, the thing is, is that they're paying like $95 to the share, which is right around where the stock of Activision Blizzard was before the news of these lawsuits mm. hit. So they're kind of paying right at, they're like, hey, we'll pay you what you were worth. Uh, like when 
when Phil Spencer came out and was like, we're going to need to reevaluate all of our all of our uh, arrangements with Activision Blizzard. And people were like, oh, my God, Phil Spencer is everybody's favorite video game dad. And then now he's like, yeah, I meant we're going to need to By think reevaluate, about I mean, reapply valuation to the brand <laughs> and then throw a big wad of cash at it. He was like, hey, Bobby Moneyball, I heard you want to get out and uh, and I'd like to be the person that helps you do that. Yeah. Please, please sell your company to us. Yep. And Bobby was like, yes. Yes, I'll take $300 million instead of being forced out by the board. Which, so. which if you really, if you think about it, the $300 million or whatever is literally a drop in the bucket of the amount of money they spent buying oh, the yeah. company. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. There were headlines that were rounding up from sixty-eight point seven billion to seventy billion, and it's like you're you're rounding up a billion dollars. Yeah, that's a big round, bro. <laughs> that's like more than Google paid for fucking YouTube back in the day. Like that's that's a lot of fucking money. So it's like, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, and it, you know, it's cool. Like if this, I, I hope that Microsoft does affect change in how Activision Blizzard actually operates and is dealing with these lawsuits and that type of stuff. Um, I also hope that it allows Blizzard to get back to focusing on making a quality game rather than like, you know, the Activision theme of like, we need to put out games that all make a billion dollars. Like, no, give me. Give me a Diablo game that is Diablo. Give me like, Please. give me a Warcraft game that plays like Warcraft, and you know that type of shit. Like I, it would be nice to see that this allows the people at Activision Blizzard to make things that they care about, rather than it basically being like, oh, you guys are working on, you guys are working on a game over there. Okay, how about instead of that game, you make another Call of Duty game that's gonna come out three years from now. Like, I, it, you know, and that's the other thing. There's theories about, like, is Call of Duty still going to be yearly? That type of thing. You know, it's, I, I bet you great. they put out three Call of Duties in a year just to get out of the fucking contract. And then they swipe it right out from under PlayStation. They're like, this is Call of Duty Zombies. This is Call of Duty Campaign. Yeah. And this is Call of Duty Multiplayer. Right. Exactly. Goodbye, Sony. But like now, I you know, it, I think it it would do Call of Duty good at this point to maybe dial it back. But you know, I mean, if John had it his Vanguard, way, you know, we're blending multiple IPs once again, right? So the the whole Kotick rocket launch could actually happen as like a DLC in Starfield, since they have Bethesda too. You know, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> uh, you have to you have to rescue Bobby before his starship explodes. Yeah. But then you have a speech check to, like, ask him why he threatened his assistant with death or whatever. I don't know. I I might have just spoiled the first uh, Starfield DLC. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Quite possibly. Yeah. So, other than that, I don't know that there's too much other news out there. Um, It sounds like Pokemon Legends Arceus or whatever the fuck it's called is getting incredible reviews. Um, so I might pick that up since I'm probably not going to pick up Dying Light. I don't know. I, just, I, I want all the games, but yeah. I have no time. 
For me, it's Mm -hmm. less the time and more the money. Yeah. But maybe I should just be filling my time more with making money. Well, I know Megan won't listen this far into the episode, but I would just use credit cards and build up more debt and just buy more games. (laughs) Yeah, that part of my life is over, so. (laughs) Bummer, dude. Not a good idea. Yeah, no, not a good idea. I've learned from my mistakes. I, I mean, I'm not buying all the games. I'm just saying, like, if I had the time to play them, I may consider yeah. going further into debt. Yeah, that's Megan, fair. Megan, if you did make it this far, I'm lying. <laughs> <laughs> Go to sleep. J- oh, JK, LOL. So next time, I think... We're probably talking some Dying Light and some Pokemon if I do end up picking up Pokemon. Yeah, I'm super pumped for Dying Light. Dying Light, like, if I... I think it's going to be a wait-and-see thing. Like, do I try to sell a kidney to buy it? Is it that good? Is it worth it? Um, Or not? But, uh, like, because my money for gaming in February has to go to Horizon Forbidden West number one and hopefully i have enough money left for elden ring and and then maybe dying light yeah there's a lot of gaming going on what do you guys think about the uh the the 500 hours for 100 percent completion that the developers tweeted i don't really like that anyone's gonna do that because that involves multiple playthroughs for multiple endings collecting every piece of gear and, and collectible clothing Yada yada, and I don't know if you like recall from the first Dying Light, but they literally had like a clothing like collectible for every country in the world where you could actually play the game. So like you could have like the United States clothing, and you could have like the Uganda clothing. Like I mean, it was like they had an obscene amount of collectibles. Where like if I had still been playing the game now on Xbox, like I was up to this point, I probably wouldn't have collected everything yet. Like, so I don't, I'm sure there's going to be some idiot who does it and he uses a DDR controller to fucking do it, to show off, or he's got the fucking bongos from the N64 or whatever to do it. There's going to be some asshole doing that, right? Some guy who like puts sensors into fucking apples and he takes a bite in the apple to move forward or some shit, you know, got the old, there's going to be that guy. Sega Pro Bass Fishing. Uh, yeah, fuck yeah. Mm. Or the controller. one-handed PlayStation controller, so you could jerk off and play Final Fantasy at the same time. <laughs> that one, you know, someone's gonna have that shit. You talking about the move controller? They're gonna, they're gonna no, no, no. The, there's a one-handed PlayStation oh. One controller. Oh, I'm sorry, PlayStation it was, One. It, it literally just looked like, uh, like a Hotas joystick but detached from the base and it had a d-pad and all of your face buttons it was great was that was that for einhander was that what it was <sighs> i don't think it was for any specific game i think it was just made as like a something so you could like play battle arena toshinden and rip one out like i think that's the sole purpose of that controller was to pleasure yourself while playing dead or alive 2 or dead or alive 1 i think it was 1 was the first one on there Tekken 3, whatever. Know what I'm talking about? Sure. Um, <laughs> it was for all those neckbeards that wanted to play the first Tomb Raider, and they had to just rip one out in Lara's mansion. 
you know. Nice. All I got to say, back to the dying light thing, uh, to quote basically myself complaining about, I don't know, Destiny, I think, on the ritual server, um, too much content. 500 hours is too much content. I don't want to play one game forever, except for Destiny, that I play in between all my other games. Again, like this, like it, you're literally it's it's getting every little collectible, every side mission, every main mission, every like they're side, wasting side their time. Mission. They're like, like nobody's nobody's going to be nobody's this obsessed with dying like, light. Nobody's going to do it. <laughs> See, but Except like for that one they could have put it like, out like a year ago when I cared even more about playing the no, game. No, 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 and no, not put all no, this no, shit no, in. No, 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 no. This is fucking Skyrim, like you got this quest and it's like just a random quest that's like assembled by a robot in the game that's like hey go get seven pelts of this shit check out this other cave that looks Did like Skyrim have cave those? that you've been in is that where that started? Oh, yeah. That was the first game that had that mm-hmm. shit. Fetch yeah. quests? No. So, like, Skyrim didn't have fetch quests not, like that. I mean, not fetch quests, but it had... It's going to have a main story generated... quest line that you go... You get three missions into the main story quest line, and you break out into the world, and then all of a sudden, it's like the main story doesn't exist, and you spend your time collecting wheels of cheese. That is going to be the whole <laughs> game. Yeah. No, it's... Like, yeah, it'll it'll have some, like, that 500 hours probably includes a bunch of quests that are, like, copy and pasted in, like, different areas of the map. You know, it's Ubisoft. Climb this tower. Yeah. I think... Check uh, out this thing. Th- reveal the map. There was a, a, quite a bit of that uh, blowback on that tweet, actually, if, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had, to the come, they had to come back and clarify... They had to come back and clarify that yeah. it's, like, 30 hours to meet, to beat the main quest line. And I thought it's they like said 100 60. hours to do it's the main... Eight- I'm I'm I just I'm paraphrasing. Hours. I don't really know. I'm just saying numbers. That's here, too much content. I don't want to spend eighty hours 80 doing hours. a story unless yeah. it's for for main story and all the major side quests. I think they said eighty hours. I think not hundred percent positive on that. But let's just spread misinformation like the rest of the internet. It's no big deal. <laughs> Tw- Twenty hours for the main hours, playthrough you know? of Dying Light Two. It's like on Netflix, you know, you see a movie that's three hours long, you're like, fuck that. But then you sit down and watch seven episodes of Ozark in two days. Uh, This article from VideoGamesChronicle.com says, Dying Light 2 Studio clarifies 500 plus hours length claim following backlash. Techline now says the sequel story can be finished in around 20 hours. Okay. Um, I want to see somebody in games done. 20 hours to complete the main story, 80 hours to finish the main story and all side quests. 500 hours to max out the game with all choices and endings, checking every place on the uh, map, every dialogue, and finding every collectible. It's like filling out the capital wasteland. So that would basically three. be like replaying the game multiple that, times, that's I, too. That's, yeah, yep. okay. That's what I, that's what I said yeah. at the top of yeah, this. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> I should have been listening, I guess. I think what, Turn what John was trying to say what? is that it's it's what you do if you play the game over and over again and see literally everything. Yeah, and you, like I said, there will be that one guy who does it on Twitch, probably wearing a loincloth, and he's going to play it on the bongos from the bongo game, and uh, that's and he's going to do it. I don't want to hear gonna about have people watching what, you're, the entire what time. you're watching. He's going to do it in the first... Like, he will literally spend 500 hours doing it, however many days that actually equates to. 
What is it? Do your math. You don't have to tell us what you're watching when you got your one-handed PlayStation controller in the other hand. I don't want to hear about it. I wish I had that one-handed. Pl- I always wanted that so that I could eat food and like play games at the same time. I didn't want to like. I I I didn't need to take care of I business. Searched. I just needed to keep myself satiated via eating food and drinking beverages and not getting Cheeto dust on the controllers. I searched Google for one-handed PS1 controller. The second Reddit topic that comes up, the guy posted pictures of it, just titled my PS1 ASCII one-handed RPG controller. First comment two years ago. What in the name of Jesus Christ is this? Next comment from deleted. It's so you can play games and masturbate at the same time. Yeah. Why'd you delete your Reddit account? <laughs> I didn't delete my Reddit. I have multiple Reddit accounts, actually. <laughs> <laughs> holding out on us damn you can get one on oh, ebay for boy. 10 bucks that's pretty good can you be a new discord thread john's adventures on reddit <laughs> speaking speaking of uh old playstation controllers i've had a little bit of an inkling to like pull out my ddr mats and see if they still work at all <laughs> and then you need to DDR learn how to like, play games with them that you're not supposed to fucking play those DDR mats have been folded up since like 2006, probably. Hit so some it's of that like Darud Sandstorm real hard. Fuck yeah, dude. Matsuri Japan. You know it. Love that shit. Hell yeah. I could only play on easy because I'm fat and not no, good. I, I want, but, you, know, I want you to mod that shit to work with your PC and then you beat Elden Ring with only a ddr mat or some shit that's what i want to see i can't i couldn't beat elden ring if like i used cheat engine okay. with a normal controller you think i'm gonna do it with a ddr uh, mat what do you what game no. are, oh moonwalker play moonwalker with a ddr mat that'd be sweet if i could moonwalk yes. and actually moonwalk in the game i think you've found your <laughs> new purpose in life you're welcome ah <laughs> oh, anyways oh, next time Dying Light, maybe Pokemon, right? Yep. yep. Zach, thank you for joining us on this episode, man. Yes. I really appreciate you being here. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Yes. It thank has been an absolute pleasure. Definitely, dude. Anytime you want to come on, talk, you know, shoot the shit with us on the podcast, you're always welcome. I've and, wanted uh, to do this for, you know, you guys know I've been wanted to join in on all kinds of different discussions, but. I'm know, really it's... happy we were actually able to line it up this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too. it's great. It long, took, long overdue for sure. It it basically just yeah. took me being like, I'm going out of town. We got to record early. <laughs> Thank Our you podcast. guys for putting up with my podcast rookie mistakes. Okay. No, you're good. It's man. good. No, it's okay. Claps. We took Zach to clap school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Taught him some lessons. We're a hundred and no, yep. We're hundred and seventy something episodes in, and Brian still makes those same. He's still, Brian so still can't okay. clap on time. Correct. <laughs> I don't understand the Brian's science that, behind Brian's it. Brian's that one guy who starts the off clap during like an applause. You know. Also, the speed of sound versus the speed of hand movement. I mean, there's. I don't Brian's understand. Like it's, it's three degrees colder in my room than it is in your room, so the sound is going to hit the microphone. Actually, a little yeah, bit it is kind of cold in here, but it's probably colder in your like up. basement. Get out of here with that nonsense. <laughs> It is it is like negative twenty upstairs right now in my house, man. <laughs> uh, oh, anyways, boy. if you want to follow us on social media or see other places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGamers.com slash links. 
The Midwest Podcast Network now is a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K., Tom Z., Chris K., and Alan K. for the contributions. One of the perks of joining the Patreon is you get early access to the bonus episodes that we call side quests. I don't know what we're going to talk about on this next side quest. It's got to be some kind of beverage or something. I don't know, candy. Maybe the Oreos that I found that are like the chocolate peanut butter cream pie ones or whatever. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Mm. But it's going to be something delicious. We're going to talk about it without Brian because he's going to be out of town on vacation. I mean, you could probably just do it now if you're not that tired, but whatever. I don't even know what else to talk about. I'm not going to talk about it. I don't have anything to Yeah, we got got to find a topic. All right. We got to find the side quest. We got to go. We have to venture out of uh, the castle where the dragon is and out into the world and go to the the lumber mill where you get to steal all the stuff from the one dude's cousin's house in Skyrim. What? You know what I'm talking about? Sure. I don't remember. You don't remember going to the mill, the town with the lumber mill? I can't remember any of the names. Isn't that every when town? Leave, when you leave the intro area of the game where the dragon torches the whole castle, right? Oh. And you get you get pushed out into the world, and the one dude's like, oh, you got to go to this other town and Riverside? see my cousin. Yeah, Riverside. And he's like, we got to go Birdale to Riverside and see or... my cousin, and she will give us all kinds of good stuff. And then you go, and you basically rob the woman, <laughs> and then you leave the house, and you go, and you oh, get yeah. you go to... Uh, what is it? Bleak Falls Barrow. Or you don't some have shit. to do it that way. You could also you just wander off to. the you other direction. You can do whatever you want. You can just go collect flowers in the, the fucking woods if you want to. Nobody cares. You can, you can collect do whatever the hell you want. Over John. You collect wheels of cheese from every little establishment you walk into. You go to the store and you you can beat up the shopkeeper and kill him and take all his shit if you want. Yeah, those are the days. I did, I did go to Bleak Falls Barrow before I got the quest. Actually. Yep. Me too. And in, in VR, it was one of the most epic things ever. Was was going up and all the different castles and things and, and shrines and stuff you can get to in, in in Skyrim VR were super sweet. Anyways, this is all besides the point. Thank you everybody for listening. We will see you next time. Peace. Zach, if you want to go on your PC and pull up time.is. <clears throat> time.is? Yeah. Okay. Not time.was. Uh, time.is. Time.is. Yeah, I got it. All right. Or so, to be. John, John, you got it up? Yep. We're all recording still? Yep. Yep. All right. So I would like you all to clap when the seconds hit a particular second that I'm going to say. And please okay. try to make it so that the noise emits from your hands when the second turns to that second. Okay? <laughs> okay. So, let's go with 15 seconds. What? I already did it. What's Zach waiting for? Yeah, Zach, did you clap? Wait, when are we clapping? <laughs> <laughs> when the clock struck 15 seconds, when the, that's fine. When the time dot is clock says uh, 8.15.45, clap. 
As soon as it says 45, you hand, your hands should be together. Oh, okay. So really, like... Like, right there, it would be. That's okay. We're going to do that one more time. <laughs> <laughs> should, it, should we start a new file? Should, I, no, just keep it rolling. Okay. Yeah, keep it rolling. You're going oh, right. to confuse it again. So when it says 8, 15, 16... Or eight sixteen six eight sixteen. Well, it's 15. not eight for me to be fair. Okay. When it says it, six sixteen fifteen, you clap. Six fifteen fifteen. <laughs> no, sixteen fifteen. Okay, when the two seconds digits, Zach. When <laughs> when, when we get, uh, let's go with uh, forty seconds. Okay. Six sixteen and okay. forty seconds. All yeah. right. Six sixteen forty. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Ah, oh, fuck! I hit my microphone. <laughs> That's fine. It should be. As long as you didn't hit it like half a second early. Nah. Anyway. I mean, maybe. This is not an exact science. We could argue <laughs> this all fucking day, like we already have. <laughs> To be fair, I don't think Zach had an issue with when the sound needs to happen. It's just knowing but you when, to, when to clap. Knowing when the sound needs to happen and making it happen are difficult. Like you, each person's individual <laughs> hands takes a different amount of time to travel together and make a clapping no, it, it sound. It doesn't. It does not. Unless you, like, are you, are you like fucking, like, you know, I thought- Harlem... Harlem Church honest, all- doing it with your fucking arms, like <laughs> your hands over your head. Like <laughs> all I thought is we were waiting for the next fifteen, not the the current fifteen. That was I gotcha. Uh, yeah, no, I probably could have been clear because it was also fifteen minutes as well. But it, yeah, it didn't right. matter. no. But Brian, when you tell somebody to clap when the clock strikes a certain time, they can <laughs> usually just do it, and it's pretty consistent. That's all I'm gonna say. But anyway. Not bad. No, you're good. All right. So I think we're ready, <laughs> John. <laughs> you are. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Can this just be the side quest? Us arguing about clapping. Oh, it's, there's another clap school. This is, this is all going at the end. end the, we're yeah. having clap school 2.0 at the end of, of this episode. All right. It'd be a lot ready? easier if that if the website had just worked for the day on my phone. Yeah, Beep 30 is way yeah. easier. We had we. That's why we moved to Beep Thirties because Brian's because geriatric me. arms can't clap fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to lube up with the Ben Gay before he puts his hands together. Also, what if what if I've shoulders. had a few drinks and I'm just clapping slower, you know? But I haven't. Yeah. I'm just saying. But I have one next to me. The world may never know, Brian. All right, ready? Yep. <laughs> All right, let's pull up time dot is again. Ugh. My nemesis. Nine forty-eight twenty-five. When it says twenty-five, or it'll be seven forty-eight twenty-five for Zach, right? <clears throat> yeah. Giving myself more room to clap this time. Oh, good. Oh shit! I missed it. I thought thirty-five. I had- go. Okay. I think that was my most spot on one I've ever had. 